Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Welcome to the podcast and the Immutable Mindset. We are recording here live at Lucas Oil Field. It is day three. And I was just telling Jesse that I slid into day three physically, metaphorically, literally, whatever the hell you want to say, on the slide behind us, behind the Viper. Are you going to give it a shot later? I'm going to give the slide the shot. Absolutely. Give I'm it, excited for it. Give it. I'm excited for this interview. So we're recording also for the Immutable Mindset, which is our Web3 show. Awesome. So we're going to get into that. And with the podcast, we like to talk about career journeys. So cool. Jesse works for a little company called Coinbase, and he is the founder of base the creator of base the founder creator of base creator of base so tell everyone what base is yeah so base is an ethereum layer 2 blockchain uh, the whole idea is we've built all these incredibly powerful new kinds of applications on ethereum uh, things like the ability to save spend uh, you know support your favorite creators with nfts but all those things have been really expensive to do right and so what base does is it makes it 10 to 100 times cheaper uh, and makes it way easier as well and so that's the whole idea it's take those incredible apps that everyone's starting to use and make Make them so cheap that anyone anywhere in the world can have access them. Right, and and just just hot take right now. Why the hell is eat so high? My <laughs> gas fees so high. They're out of control. Gas fees are high. I mean, it's Pepe. Pepe is driving the gas Fucking fees up. Coins, man. But like this is where this is kind of exactly what we expect from the e-scaling strategy. You know, like what is that for noobs out there like myself? Yeah. So know. basically, like two years ago, Ethereum said, "Hey, the way we're going to lower fees on Ethereum is we're going to do layer twos on top of Ethereum, like base, and so the Ethereum fees are going to keep getting expensive." They're going to keep being expensive, but then people are going to be able to use the same apps that they would want to use on Ethereum on base and other layer twos. And so the plan is kind of working exactly as we expect. We're in this little kind of in-between period where the layer twos aren't quite as mature, aren't quite as rolled out as they need to be. But I think in the next few months, that's going to really start to change. And I appreciate you sharing that perspective for folks out there. I mean, how would I explain what Coinbase is to my mom? Yeah, I think Coinbase is... Sorry, mom. I'm using this example <laughs> all weekend. But if you're watching this, mom, it's because of love. And I want you to know what your son does for a living. And now you have somebody else explain it. Yeah. A little bit of a hack here. Yeah, I'd say what Coinbase does is there's a whole new world of apps that are being built. And uh, those apps are kind of like the apps on your iPhone, but um, they're available to anyone in the world. They enable really powerful new things with money and they're accessible through Coinbase. And so Coinbase is kind of like the app store for this entirely new Love wave it. of apps that are being built. Uh, I'm a big fan and proponent of Coinbase myself. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Um, I assume you weren't always in Web3 because you, you don't seem that young. Talk to us a little bit about your background and your journey uh, into 
into Web3 personal yeah, I've experience. I've got the gray beard starting to come in here. No, I, um, uh, I dropped out of school uh, in uh, 2013 to start a company that was doing kind of security and authentication. It was called a CLEF. Um, and we started working with crypto companies pretty quickly because we identified those were the people who needed security and ease of use. So you're an engineer by trade? Engineer by trade. Okay. Um, and so in 2013, 2014, we were working fo- with folks like Bitfinex and BitMEX, kind of like early Bitcoin and crypto companies. Um, that business didn't really work out. Uh, and what so happened? <laughs> You know, I think yeah, that, I think it's important to talk about the, the yeah, failures yeah, and the lessons absolutely. learned from it them. It was super hard. I think that we, you know, we were trying to replace passwords and make it way easier for people to log in in a secure way. And replace passwords with two-factor authentic, yeah, two biometrics, two FA, but all driven through your mobile phone. Um, and so the idea was kind of the security of two-factor authentication, but with the ease of use of just holding your phone up. Um, and I think we saw that there was a ton of demand from it on the from. On, for it from the consumer side, but on the business side, like there just wasn't quite product market fit. And so we raised a couple million dollars and, you know, built the product for a few years. And then we basically got to the point where, oh, we aren't growing fast enough in order to make it. We tough went decisions. through this. Yeah, tough decisions. We went through the kind of like wind down slash aqua hire process and Coinbase made an offer to acquire us. And that's how I ended up coming to Coinbase. What do you love about working at Coinbase? What do I love about working at Coinbase? I mean, I've never been at Coinbase for six and a half years, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah, you're an OG, man. OG. Um, I spent four and a half years growing all of our retail businesses. So Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, Coinbase Wallet on the engineering side, and then the last two years working towards base. I'd say the thing I love most about Coinbase is like I've been given a huge amount of autonomy and trust to just build. You know, I was a founder before I came into Coinbase. They give you the tools. They understand that you, you exactly. don't need to be micromanaged. Exactly. They want to foster. I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bases, we'll call it an incubator within. Yeah. yeah. Uh, an incubator. Uh, accelerator within it with all the resources and yeah. tools so they know that these are founders yep. and their ethos and motives back up a little bit let me build and give me what i need and i'll be a lot better relationship and happier jesse and that's been the way it's been you know like when i when i interviewed at coinbase every single person i talked to as a founder and that was like for me whoa these are like these are my people and then over the last six and a half years it's continued to be the case where most of the people i've been working with have been founders in the past um and the ethos that we all bring is like that same feeling of ownership autonomy just like build cool shit and make an impact it's such an interesting outtake because it's a take because you think in an organization like if you're looking from the outside like listen it's almost like herding cats if we put all these founders in a room they're going to want to go rogue they're going to want to do their own thing but it actually created such a unique environment of innovation and cross collaboration talk to us a little bit about what that internal think tank cross collaboration yeah. is are you fully tapped in with everybody are you uh, a b testing like doing yeah. some data shit with people yeah i'd say at this point i'm very very deeply interconnected with pretty much every part of the business and i think this is one of the really powerful things about base is um because base is kind of a, a developer platform where people build mm-hmm. applications every part of coinbase can use it so our consumer products can use it our institutional products can use it like our growth team can use it our trading team can use it and so that's this like moment where i get to just go work with all these people who i've known for 6 years at this point and be like hey i have this incredibly powerful new thing that's going to make your life easier that's going to help you achieve your goals that's going to make your product better and it's been so fun like literally in the last few weeks i've gone to i think like 8 9 different team offsites where it was the other team having an offsite and they were like hey can you come talk about base and i came <laughs> You just got to shoot the shit, talk about what is base, how is it going to impact you, how is it going to help you be more successful. And people are just so fired up. People are fired up to transform the business from kind of the, the Web 2 world that it was when it started in 2012 into this new on-chain, mm-hmm. fully smart contract-driven business that's going to be in the future. I love this perspective. I think we're rewriting, we're writing the new playbook of what a 
dare I say, Web 2.5 into Web 3 company is going to yeah. look like these yeah. days. Um, but you come from the world of retail engineering, um, engineering from the retail perspective. Yeah, consumer. How are you tapping into that insight and mindset as you build the UI and UX of base? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, base at its core is a developer platform. But on top of base, there's all sorts of products that need to come together in order to make it really work for everyday people. Like without so, getting into how the sausage is made. Yeah, like, yeah, you absolutely. Know, you know, I think the, the I said thing, like 18 times already, right, Chris? <laughs> Yeah. So I think the thing that um, I'm bringing from that consumer perspective is really trying to think about what are going to be the forcing functions that, you know, drive us to make high quality consumer experiences. And the mental model that I've been kind of hammering home with myself and with our team is how do we get someone from zero to a magical moment where they do something good on crypto in less than 60 seconds? Zero. So let's give us a hypothetical use case. Let's give us a hypothetical. Yeah, imagine that you're walking down the street and you see a billboard that's really cool that has your favorite artist on it and a QR code. And you're like, whoa, what's going on here? You scan the QR code. You should be able to mint an NFT from that artist that gets you early access to their tickets, gets you entered Mm -hmm. to a raffle for VIP. You should be able to do in less than 60 seconds. It should cost less than $5. And that should all be powered by crypto without you even have to worry about it. It just works. Seamless experience. And I I truly think that's like the, the key to onboarding. Um, Jesse, let's talk about security. I think that's the biggest risk right now yeah. and the biggest hesitation to bring people on board because those are the, ne- the negative headlines are are what's, you know, the mainstream is like, shit, I don't want to lose my money. Yeah. I don't want to lose my stuff. Um, I, have to, I have to actually, which is so crazy to think about. So I have a seed phrase and, and it's supposed to be fully digital and you're telling me to write it down and hide it yeah. like under my mattress. Like what, like what is this all about? Yeah. Talk to me. What, what are some of the concerns that you have from a, um, an insider perspective, but also a consumer perspective? Yeah. What are some of the things that, um, yeah. Coinbase and base are doing to help, uh, smooth that over? Yeah. I think security is such an important thing. It, you know, we have to get people comfortable storing money on chain. And if we can't get people to do that, then we're going to have a hard time getting them to transact act and save and borrow and earn and do all these things that that we expect. And so I'd say like the thing that we're primarily focused on is a building tools that make it so users can't make mistakes, right? So a recent example of this on the Coinbase side, not fat finger, right? I'm literally using sometimes copy copy and paste from my wallet address. Like you yeah, could, you could like just fat finger something and send it to freaking Guam. Yeah, it's crazy. So like an example of this is we we, we rolled out a whole um, experience in Coinbase Wallet where we kind of work with the broader community to identify things that are fraud, fraudulent or phishing. And if you go to a website like that and you try and transact, we'll just put up a big page that says, hey, this is known phishing. And you'll have to confirm, confirm, confirm that you have to engage with it. And so that's like preventing users from being able to make the mistake. So I think that's one big part of it. And I think the other big part of it is um, giving the user tools so that they can kind of uh, make better decisions as they are moving through this economy. And so for instance, another example of that is, um, you know, right now we in Coinbase Wallet, if you're going to do a transaction, we'll say, hey, when you do this transaction, it's going to subtract X from your ETH balance. This is what's going to happen. This is exactly what happens. This is how it changes. Then you have to confirm that that's what you expect. And I think that sort of kind of intuitive experience where people actually get to understand and see what's happening rather than being a black box is going to help people get more comfortable with the way it works. That that is fascinating. Let's get a couple of hot takes here. Um, Love hot takes. uh, Rapid fire. Meme meme coins, cop them or drop them. 
I think they're an important part of like the broader crypto economy. It's not a thing that I spend a lot of time doing, um, but I think we're seeing new kinds of behaviors on chain. And generally, I think I'm here for creativity. Uh, We obviously have to figure out how to make it so um, folks are operating in a safe and trusted environment. And I think that there's a boundary there that can be crossed. And so we both need to create that, you know, space for people to experiment. And we need to be building tools and systems to protect everyday people. Hey, what's up, everybody? People ask me all the time, Adam, where do you get your alpha from every day in the Web3 space? And my go-to is The Daily Ralpha. The Daily Ralpha is the best newsletter about what's going on in the Web3, NFTs, and emerging tech world. Get market intel, drops to watch, early project finds, the hottest NFT art, news, jobs, tools, and more delivered directly to your inbox every day for absolutely free. Join over 85,000 people who get the Daily Ralpha and get everything they need to know in five minutes or less. It's like the morning brew or their skim of Web3 and more than 500 editions so far. I get this every day and so should you. Check it out and subscribe at dailyralpha.com. D-A-I-L-Y-R-A-L-P-H-A.com. Check it out. What are you bullish on right now in the NFT space? Uh, I'm most bullish on new kinds of behaviors that we think are going to be uniquely enabled by NFTs. So I'd be by by layer two. So like the open edition stuff that's been happening where you're having kind of time-based mints that are very low cost. Um, where on L2 over here is doing one pretty cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, and on L2, those are going to cost 10 cents and it could be like total mint cost is $2. And then that gets you access to like early tickets or it gets you to, to participate in some way and feel just like this meaningful connection with someone like I think that that kind of consumer behavior is something that people are going to start doing on a daily basis and it's going to be way more kind of uh, impactful in terms of bringing billions of people on chain than the current form of or the historical form of NFTs which are like these high price things that are only accessible yeah. to a small number of people do you think NFT is a dirty word got a bad rap um, I think that NFT definitely has it has some ba- it has some baggage attached to it my where my head is at is I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see most things flip to being called on-chain X. So it'll be like on-chain art, on-chain music, on-chain videos, on-chain whatever. In the same way we kind of had online shopping, online music, online art. Um, we're going to see the same thing happen with this new word on-chain, which is, you know, on, on-chain is the next online. It's kind of this transformation that we're doing. And I think that's going to remove kind of this technical term of NFTs and start to recontextualize users with the kind of like, what am I actually doing? Which is going to be the art, the music, the shopping, et cetera. What keeps you up at night thinking from a work perspective, either from a positive innovation standpoint or something that you're scared about in the industry? I think... Leave a positivity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think positivity is... Um, I mean, this is both positivity and a definite worry, but I think that you know we've been building for the last 11 years infrastructure to make crypto usable. And I think that we've been kind of collectively traumatized by the fact that it's never really happened. Like we mm. haven't seen that utility come and therefore we haven't seen the total growth curve except for around speculation. We're still so early. We're still early. But I think that the positive thing that, that gets me really excited is it feels like all the pieces are now here and they just need to click. And I think that that click is going to happen faster than people expect. What do you think that moment's going to be? I think it's the summer. But could you envision what that 
Is it more of a time frame perspective? Is that going to be like one, like Starbucks, is it going to change the world? Like everyone's going to be like, yay, we're in Web3. I don't think it's going to be anyone, um, any one company. I think it's going to be creators. I think it's going to be creators who start to realize that if they bring their content on chain, they're going to get better economics for themselves because they're actually going to own the content. Mm -hmm. They're going to have more meaningful, more connected experiences with their fans. They're going to be able to do way more powerful things because they're issuing content into this incredibly powerful platform on top of which they can layer a bunch of other things. And that's going to flip in. And if you look at what's driven billions of people online, it's creators and it's content. It's TikTok. It's, it's Instagram. Any cultural shift goes coming. with the artists and the musicians. That's, that's 100%. where it starts. Let's yep. take a question from the host of The Immutable Mindset, Kevin Logan Jr., who was not here with us today. And he says, Jesse, as base is currently in the testnet phase, you could tell this is not my question, and I'm reading it. What have been some of the key learnings and challenges so far? And how will these experiences inform the rollout of mainnet? Yeah, I mean, we've seen nerds. Sorry. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. We've seen so many developers building on base. I think that's been one of the, the things that's gotten us so excited, like literally thousands, tens of thousands of people coming to build. I think the a few learnings from that one is that we're still early in terms of total developers. Like there's 30,000 people in the broader ecosystem um, who are you know on-chain developers. There's 30 million developers in the world. And so you know we just launched this thing called Basecamp, which is basically a whole curriculum to teach people how to become on-chain developers awesome. by learning smart contracts. You earn NFTs as you them. go, all about empowerment all about converting those 30 million into the first million on-chain developers Side so question. A, yeah what's, what's the demographic of that if you had to break it down it's, you know, male female uh you mean the d developers in the world or in, in, your, in on, your system oh in our in we, your ecosystem we don't know the exact like we don't know like we basically see addresses and so we don't have the exact demographics are you guys doing anything though to to promote and, and and bring more gender equity and gender equality yeah. into the web because that's that's a big thing right i'm not trying yeah. to put you in the no, spot no, or, no. or based on the spot here but i think an organization as large and upfront and in every, everyone's mindset should be leading the way in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of our one of our values that we hammer home kind of all the time is this concept of bases for everyone. And I'd say the place that we're actually most focused on this right now is around geographic diversity. If you look at where crypto is being used around the world, the oh, United States Africa's is like biggest. a smaller, but Africa is Massive. the biggest. That's the biggest use case too. Southeast Asia, finance. basically anywhere where you have um, less kind of solid uh, financial systems. And so uh, we are we're running these things called base meetups, where literally in June, I think we have eight different meetups in countries all around the world scheduled. And we're just going to keep building that. And the goal is to have a hundred meetups like in the next six months that are all bottoms up, all organic. I'm planning to be in Africa later this year, awesome. planning to be in Asia and just really tell the story that um, base is a platform that's not just for people in the United States. It's for everyone. It's not just for finance. It's for everyone. Uh, it's not just for, you know, pick your small thing that you care about. It's for you and it's for everyone else. And I think that openness, that is a fundamental characteristic of blockchains. And it's something that we really want to be leaning in because that's what's going to create this open level playing field that puts everyone on the same platform and gives them access to more economic freedom. I love that perspective. And thank you so much for sharing it. What advice would you give young developers out there to step up their game? Yeah, I would just say go start building, go start writing like, code like literally with smart contracts you can deploy your first dap on base in less than an hour you can work through this curriculum with Basecamp, earn nfts as you go and i think in a few weeks you'll be able to get pretty far and then what we've seen is that you know if you look at uniswap if you look at a lot of these protocols that have been massively successful the first versions were built by one or two people in months yep. not years and this is because the platform like the tools of on chain are literally 10 times more powerful than anything we've ever had before and so if you're young and you're just getting started, go build because you're going to build something that could reach billions of people.
I love it. Um, let's get into some, into some personal stuff, if you don't mind, yeah. for a minute. Sure. Um, how do you keep yourself creatively inspired? Ooh. <laughs> Good question. How do I keep myself creatively inspired? Well, what do you like um, when you want to take a break? When you want to take a break from from the work stuff, and you want to open up your mind, and you want to let in vibes, yeah. frequencies. I'm not trying to get all hippy dippy. No, here, yeah, yeah. I go on a lot of walks at sunset. That's out, my doing, favorite thing to do. Doing ayahuasca with spider monkeys <laughs> up in the Himalayas over here. We know um, this. No, there's there's a skate park that's right by my house, and I used to skate a little bit. Uh, I live on the east coast some of the time and the west coast some of the nice. time. But um, when uh, you know evenings, mo most days, I will go. I'll go on a walk. The skate park's on a hill, and so you get to see the sunset. There's these benches by the skate park, and just sitting there and like watching people do this activity of skating back and forth, trying tricks, falling mm -hmm. all the time. I find it to be just incredibly therapeutic. So I'd say like probably going on walks by myself or going on walks with my wife is the, this is the thing I do most to get creative what do you, what and going you, running. I run every day, basically. Good on you, man. What are yeah. you, um, what are you reading or watching these days? What am I reading or watching these days? Um, watching, I uh, just finished Succession. It was great. We're at, see, we're at episode four, season one right now. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm like, God, I just want to watch all of it at once. Really, you know, a mix of incredible and painful. Uh, watching Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. I played soccer growing up. It's so up. good. Come on. I, How like, could anyone hate? Like, I, I, when people say they don't like it, I'm like... Please, they literally wrote this show for every. You have to love this show. Yeah, like, yeah. How do you not like Ted Lasso? Yeah, uh, I, who's your favorite character? I like Ted. I mean, like I. One of the things I feel about myself is that if I wasn't doing this, I would be a coach of some kind. Like I would be a soccer coach. I, I love playing soccer and I love coaching people and I love supporting teams. Like it's really my favorite thing and being in it. Like. Oh man, there's just nothing like it. So that's what I'm watching on the reading side. Um, I just finished this uh, series called the Vorkosigan series, mm. which is, you know, started written in the eighties. Um, and it's uh, like a 17 piece sci-fi series. That's really just incredible. And it tells the story of um, probably this one character, Miles Vorkosigan, who is, he's like one of the most creative, generative, like, Honestly, he's just kind of an inspirational figure. And um, it's been really, I don't know, like it, it's been interesting to figure out where I find um, inspiration. But I, in reading those books, I feel like I found a lot of inspiration from him to kind of push my boundaries and feel... Inspiration comes. Is your yeah, is your wife is your wife in the Web three space? Is she knowledge about it? Does she not want to hear anything about work when you when you're done for the day? <laughs> or are you like up in her knowledge base so you could at least you know talk about what's going on? Oh no, yeah, she she's, she's a little bit more than she's the not bear. she's not in in the in the space. Um, but she's you know we spend a lot of time talking about crypto and and the work that I do. And she, I mean, she can explain everything you know almost as good or better than I can in a lot of the cases. Um, she has a really unique perspective. And we spent I'd say the thing that that. We we probably spend the most time on is um she indulges indulges me and spends a lot of time with me just talking about like what's the gap between like how i think about things from a technical perspective and how everyday people think about things and her perspective, perspective has been so need. valuable in like helping me cross that chasm a little bit and see whoa if i reframe this in this way or if i talk in this way you know or if we much. do this product um it's going to better yeah you're, you're too good she's awesome though i'm so grateful so grateful it's all about having that rock um and, and last but not least Jesse, what is what is your superpower that just makes you different and special and 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 who you are? I'd say that I am uh, like a relentless optimist. Like there's nothing. 
And you know, that doesn't come without fear and uncertainty. Like I wake up most mornings and I'm fear, fearful and uncertain, um, in some way, you know, stressing about something, but my, at my core, I believe and, um, have been raised to believe that anything is possible and that if we just put our minds to it, we can accomplish anything. And, um, that the way to do that is to just be positive and to bring other people into that positivity and to lift people up rather than put them down. And I think that that, that seeps into everything we do. It seeps into what base is. Um, and I think it's a superpower that, you know, has made me, you know, has brought me to where I am. I love it, man. And we're going to end it on that point. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect? Where could they learn more? Yeah. If you want to build on base, uh, go to base.org. Uh, you can get started building right now. B-A-S-E dot org. Very easy. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Pollock. You can find me on Farcaster and Lens also at Jesse Pollock. I love the decentralized social platforms. Um, would love to support you if you're building. That's awesome. Jesse Pollock, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast and the Immutable Mindset. Little crossovers, folks. Um, last question. Who are you looking forward to hearing? See, uh, we got a couple more hours. I'm looking forward to going on slide. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Jesse Pollock, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.